Independent, totally biased, Hull Kingston Rovers. You are listening to the Red Robin Podcast with Joe Appleyard and Chris Johnson. Welcome to the latest episode of the Red Robin Podcast, which this week includes the first of many fans' forums as we enter the back end of the season. This week, Robins, Ben Pearson, Mike Sexton and Alfie Such join myself and Chris on this week's podcast as we discuss a disappointing fortnight which saw Hulkingston Rovers go down at home to Wakefield and then four days later away at the John Smiths to Huddersfield, which capped off a very disappointing fortnight for the Robins. We look ahead to this Sunday's game as Rovers travel to the land of Paul Gascoigne, the Angel of the North, and of course the birthplace of our rivals, Gateshead Thunder Sharks, as Magic Weekend is upon us once again as the Robins take on Lee Centurions at St James's Park. Enjoy the show, guys. Sit back, relax. This is the latest episode of the Red Robin Podcast. Glass half full or glass half empty? You're about to find out. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Red Robin podcast. Something a bit different, guys. It's a bit of a mini fans forum. We are hoping to get a lot of fans on during the back end of the season and into pre-season next year. But this week, you haven't got just me and Chris Johnson. You've got Ben Pearson and Alfie Such. And we are hoping to get Mike Sexton on soon. He's running a little bit late. Chris, it's great to have these lads on. And it's something a little bit different. We've Obviously, we've got past players on. We've got ex-coaches on. But we want to wear the fact we're a fans podcast. We're for the fans, by the fans. This is something we've wanted to do for a while. And, you know, we're bringing the lads in at a tough time at the minute before we speak about the past fortnight. But I'm glad we're do- doing this, mate. Something a bit different. Yeah, and, and I'll just check, mate. And this is actually our, our, including the Heritage cast, this is our 35th Red Robin podcast. So we said right at the start, didn't we, that would, you know, try and evolve it, try and change it as we go along. And, and this is, you know, an, an, another step to changing it. And it's great for... For people to be able to listen to other people's voices other than our own. We've had Phil Barrett, obviously James O'Brien from Old Daily Mail. So it's good now to get some more fans on to, to hear what they think about our season and how we're doing at the moment, especially as we as we come to the end of the season with just three games left and, and hopefully a, maybe a playoff campaign on the back of that. But it'd be good to hear what other people think and, and give our listeners a, a chance to listen to other people other than ourselves. Yeah, definitely, and we'll give a little insight to our guest. Ben, first, it's great to speak to you, mate. We've always been on touch on our social media pages. Tell us a bit about yourself, how long you've been supporting the Robins, whereabouts do you stand at Craven Park, all stuff like that? Yeah, um, started, I think it was 2001, my first game. I could have gone to a game against London Scholars, and I didn't go for one reason or another, and I won 86-0. Went the next week and got stuffed by Lee, so I think I set myself up then for what was to come. Um, but always stood in the east stand, pretty much in the middle, really. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you should have gone to that game before, mate. You let yourself in for it there and you've probably been stuck <laughs> ever so. since like the rest of us. Alfie, I know Alfie really well, don't I, mate? You're an ex-student of mine, so don't talk about my teaching skills on here. Let's just speak about my <laughs> podcast skills. Obviously, I've known you for a bit now. Tell us a bit about yourself, how long you've been supporting the Robins. You go with your mates, don't you? Tell us where you stand and stuff. Yeah, um, I've been going since I was like three, four and um, in the East End, right, pretty much right in the middle as well, like Ben. So, yeah. yeah. Nice, and you're home and away, aren't you, Alf, at the minute you're going through that said you and your mates, you know, you're going for punishment, we'll speak about the Uddersfield and Wakey game soon, but how good is it for you, Alfie? Obviously, we was together at Rondair and what we during lockdown, we was missing watching Rovers, but even though the performances haven't been good at the minute, how good is it to be getting back into that routine, going to watch Rovers week in, week out? You know, we missed it, didn't we, during that year, year and a half, whatever it was, and I know you're making the most of it, you haven't missed many games, have you, since we've started again? No, it's class. I can't, can't wait to go to leave and we are performing at the minute. I just, yeah, I can't wait to go. That's what we love, don't we, Chris? Live sport. So we will take it back. Let's go to Wakefield, Chris. Obviously, we, me and Phil did the Derby podcast. You was away, weren't you, with your family? So we discussed that Derby defeat and we was quite optimistic. You know, me and Phil have, have always been portrayed as like the two grumpy ones off the Muppets Christmas Carol, you know, it's we've always been a bit negative. And even though we got beat by a point in the derby, there was optimism because I thought all played really well and we was rubbish and we only got beat by a point. We then go to the Wakefield game at home. Bit of revenge because of what happened at Bellevue or the Mobile Rocket Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Rovers got on the board early, didn't we, mate? Two tries, Louis Johnson and George Lowell was 10-0 up after 25 and I thought, it's going to be a bit of a scrappy game. Rovers had a lot of possession, a lot of possession at the time. Everything seemed to be working, even though the moves weren't coming on. It was going to be one of them games. And then what happened the last 50 minutes, 55 minutes, was Ulkingston Rovers of old. And I don't know on the pitch, but I don't know what happened off the pitch because we'll speak to the lads soon. But then that game against Wakefield, there was absolutely nothing there, both on and off the pitch from Rovers. I I thought it was up there with the, probably the worst performance of the season. And what was happening in the stands? There was no singing. It was a bit of a derby come down one. It's always the case. We've seen what's happened to all. They've lost two on the bounce and so have Rovers now. And real disappointing that Wakefield game because that was there for an easy two points after the 25 minutes. But fair play to Jacob Miller, Mason, Lino, Rocky, Hampshire. They absolutely dominated the Robins, didn't they? Yes, mate. And, and you know what? There's a lot of optimism because when you looked at the lineup, obviously, apart from... Tacker and um, Milnes, you know, Tacker playing half-back, Milnes missing. You know, it was the, um, and obviously Hadley going at uh, loose forward. You know, you, you was quite optimistic with that lineup, wasn't you? Um, and like you said, the, the early 20 minutes or so, I, I thought Rovers were looking really promising. And for whatever reason, we just weren't able to control the game, was we? And, and for whatever reason, fans don't seem to like them Thursday night fixtures because I can't remember one Thursday night game where, where we've had a good atmosphere and where we've really backed the boys I just thought it was flat all round. What what did you think, Ben? I mean, to be fair, I was at work for it. Um, yeah. But speaking to people and listening to it, it did sound really flat, which you do get after a derby. Because like, the atmosphere at the derby was unreal. Like, you've seen some of the players, and they were surprised by it. But I think it was just probably took a lot out of them on the Saturday against Hull. And then they've just come up short of it, you know, a bit drained and mentally drained. And it's just come back to bite them, basically. Chris, I, I don't know about you, but I think in some situations, Rovers are their own worst enemies. We've said it so many times. 
I counted at least five sets on Wakefield's line. And ever since probably that Catalans game away when Abo got injured and then obviously we lost Quinlan the week after at home, there's the moves, and we're going to speak about with the lads about the Takarangi situation and the halfbacks in moving to centre. It, it, we've spoken about it so many times, it does get a little bit boring, but we have to address the situation. For me, it's the attack at the moment as much as the defence. We've been numb for this free-flowing rugby. But that Wakefield game, God, it was it was like dragging teeth. Some of the moves and some of the settlers that was putting on Rovers just weren't at the races. But you've got to be, aren't you, in these games because you look at the teams who are above us now, you know, you look at the top four, say, well, you know, take away Catalan and Saints because they're the best two in this division by a mile, Chris. But everyone else, you've got to beat your, play, your teams around you. And Rovers started to do that. And as the season's starting to die out and we're coming to the last few games, we are getting a bit... Coming back to that Rovers of old, and I don't know what's happened there, mate. Do you think it's the, there's just the simple fact that we're missing Abdul and Quinlan? Because for me, that's they're two probably of our best spam players. And along with Elliot Minchella, they're our three biggest misses this season by an absolute contramount. We haven't had Abo on the pitch as much as we wanted to. And at the moment, mate, we look like we can't, um, you know, we can't settle a game, we can't control a game. And I'm just hoping Jordan's back. I don't know if he's going to be back for um, Sunday, but hopefully the Castleford game, Chris, we're just missing a leader at the minute, I think, in the middle of the park. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, there's no doubt Abdul's a huge missing either the way the way he's been playing is in the form of his life and um, we've seen Milnes in recent weeks step up to the mark haven't we and you know he's a bit underrated in terms of what, what people see from him but actually he, he controls the game for us and what was abundantly clear is that uh, Takarangi and Lewis as a half-back partnership just didn't work did it which is surprising because like you said some of our attacking play was really basic and you've got two real flair players there who, who can you know as we saw against Huddersfield with Lewis's try you know people were Two players who were not afraid to take it to land. Two players who've got a bit of skill, and, and we just didn't see that. And and I think for me that Wakefield loss come down to our ability of our halfbacks to control the game. And I, I thought we looked leaderless. I thought we looked we didn't seem to have any structure in our attack. And and eventually Wakefield just ground us down. And 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 I think we looked tired towards the end. We looked very leggy, and our energy had been sapped. Um, and and for. For me, the what I don't know what Alfie might think about this, but I, I don't know why we kept Litton on the bench for for the full first half when it was crying out for someone like him to come on and and, and put a bit of energy into the team. Yeah, I just think Rovers against Wakefield. I just think they looked real flustered and like you could tell it was a game after the derby. Their the defence and their attack looks. It didn't obviously it didn't help with injuries and that, and obviously Crooks playing fullback and people moving about everywhere, but. I just thought it looked real flat. What's your Joe, opinion on Jezal? Joe. Go on, Chris. I was going to say, why Why are the flat after a derby? Because for me, um, you, you've just gone into a big game, crowds buzzing, you know, we've come away with a defeat, but do you know what? There's lots of positives in that. So why why would they not be up for it the next game, thinking, well, hang on, we, we, we ran all close, we're still in the shout for the playoffs, uh, we're at home, that that's what I can't get my head around, and and I, I don't because it's something that it's creeps in season after season, isn't it? That we just don't perform after the derby, no matter whether we win or lose. 
I always thought with this team, and like I said, we don't know what's going to happen these last three weeks. Rovers might win all three and we'll make the playoffs. But I always think with this team, I always think something's been a little bit different and we've always got that spark about them and the likes of the people who've come over and the team that we've got at the minute know what it's about. And even though as big as the derby was in the previous times, it's always been a cup final, hasn't it? You know, we've always been bottom of the league past five, six seasons. And if you can beat all, which we normally have a few times a year, then people think that's okay for our season. But we're in a totally different position now. And Ben, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm fed up of people comparing it to last season. I know you put some at Chris, didn't you, about um, if you're comparing us to last season, then we're not going to progress because we had the team compared to what we've got now that we had last season. We had to fill in people like Carl Trout, Ellis, Rosefawn, who simply just not good enough for where Rovers deserve to be, should be and need to be. I think we need to move on from what we've been. And this is a new look team. This is Tony Smith's side. And I am disappointed, Ben, the last two weeks because we were gone from being in fifth. The last time we did this podcast, myself and Phil, when Chris wanted here, were fifth. We just got beat in the derby, but it was fine with results around us. We was like, right, we've got three games in nine days. This is absolutely massive. And typical Kingston Rovers, the next time we do a podcast a, a week later, we're now sitting in eighth and the season looks like it could be over. I, I'm just frustrated how quick a season can falter and how two games can dampen your spirits. I know it's not the end of the world, but what we've seen from this team when we've gone from Wigan away, beat Wigan at home, we've run Catalans close three times. It's just, we've got to be consistent. And that's what I think everyone, not just Rovers, Ben, is missing in Super League because you look at um, St. Helens and Catalan, they're streets apart. They're the best two teams in the country by a mile. You know, a bit ironic that Fran um, Catalans are in France, but you know what I mean. I, I just think consistency, Rovers still need to be a lot, lot better, Ben. No, definitely. I think a lot of it could come down to Rovers as well. Is obviously, I mean, when was the last time we was able to be, what, three, four weeks out from the end of the season thinking about a playoff series? Mm. Obviously, a lot of the boys playing, they've probably never experienced it or they might have done it once or twice. So, it might, I won't say it's got to the Reds, but that old game, if we'd have won, you'd have probably put a lot on us getting into the six then because it was taking two points away from them, but two for us. And I don't know, just maybe when they've gone into the Wakefield and Huddersfield games, they've looked at it and thought, you know what, we're better than these. And they've played the game before they've gone out and won it. And it's just, I don't know, it could be a bit of took their eye off the ball, they've got one eye on, you know, the end of the season to do that, but it's just one of them, isn't it? This team looks so much, I mean, when you look at them as a team, last year they looked so disjointed, you know, with everything, just, there was no consistency in the selections or anything, but then this year, they just, it seems to have got a knack, this team, where they can just, they can grind some out of nowhere, you know, the game's never dead and buried, but then last two, was, well, last three results have just sort of gone away from that, really. Yeah, and just on that, Ben, I think what the disappointing thing for me is, and it's only in these last few games, is this is where I thought maybe Corbin Sims, Vete, Takarangi, I thought this is where they'd really come into their own, having that big game NRL experience. Um, I think, especially Takarangi, you know, we've seen glimpses of him, but for me, we still haven't seen the best of him by, by a long shot. Sims has been a bit indifferent, you know, he's... he's He's shown what he's capable of, but again, nowhere near enough what we needed from. And, and Albert Vette, it's took him to the last, what, third of the season to really get going in a Rovers share. And for me, these are the players that, you know, we brought up, brought over on, you know, a good amount of money probably. And I thought these were the players that would be, really make the difference uh, for us, especially at that back end of the, at this back end of the season. Whether, you know, Takarangi, 
he's been playing with an injury or not, we're not sure. Sims, obviously, he just doesn't seem to find any rhythm, does he? And, and he has a good game, and then before you know it, he's out injured again, or he's definitely not played enough minutes for me. But I don't know, Joe, do, do you think these players have, have performed to, to the capabilities this season? Um, I mean, I've seen what would put, didn't we, about the overseas signings that were bought from the NRL. I think if you just do it nice and quick, you know, we'll all go through it. I think um, Ryan Hall, yeah, he's not his old player where he can run 100 metres in 10, 11 seconds, but he's still got that class about him. You know, you saw his try against Huddersfield, the amount of metres he makes out of bad ball. I think him and SKD, apart from the last two weeks where you can see Sean's playing with an injury, getting jabbed up every week, them two have been unstoppable. I think Ryan Hall's a brilliant acquisition, even at 33. Takarangi, I think he needs to pull his finger out a little bit more. Let's be having it right. I mean, you look at some of the wonder players he's done. That step against Ian Thornley, against Lee, the first game with the fans back, and then that little kick through when me and you went to the game together at Salford, Chris. You can see that magic, and, and he seems to... You know, I, I always think it's quite hard as a Robson because you see, and then they put stuff on social media, oh, it was brilliant, it was brilliant. And you can't, like, the fans were amazing. Sorry we didn't get the result. And sometimes that kind of gets you away with poor performances. I feel like when you look at the highlights, I don't want to compare him to Travis Burns because I think they're totally different people. I'm not going to discuss what Burns was like when he was at Rovers. I know it was totally different time ago, different generation of players. But every try you see on the highlights, sometimes Sakarangi's putting his hand out and we'll speak about the right-hand side defence at Uddersfield. A lot of it is his misdoing. It's not just Rowan Mills. It's not just Minikin or Crooks. He's got to be better. I feel like we can't judge him at the moment as such on an overall, because you look at what SKD was like last year and now I think he's been one of our best players up there with Kane Lynette and stuff this year. But yeah, as tackers, I'm quite disappointed with Vete. We know the score with Vete. I think he came in a bit too, you know, a bit overweight, didn't he? He's, he's one of them. I think he's portrayed as this wrecking ball and this player who's going to be a bit like a Wormsley type and bulldozer. I don't think he is. I think he just needs to get on with his game. If he can get an offload game in him, I think it'll add a lot of strings to his bow. We'd like to see more minutes of him. I think this season... Back end of this season and pre-season is massive for him. He's got to go away. He's got to trim off. You know, he don't want to lose loads of weight because he is a prop forward. We need him to be big, over 105, 110 kg, 100%. But I just feel like he's a little bit lacklustre. And then Sims, probably the one who I'm disappointed with the most, just because I think he's great. I really like him. I love his attitude. I love the fact he wants to go and smash people, bend people in half. But again, you... I just find it hard, and I know they've, they've got personal lives. Look, I just get a bit peed off sometimes when it says he's got certain injuries and that he's got he, he's going to be missing a week. And then he's posting videos of him doing golf swings and stuff. It's it's like just, you know, know your place, you're injured, you want to go and do your rehab. We don't want to be seeing that you're not available for our two most important games of the year. And then you put in at Cave Castle that like you've done a full 18. It's like, don't get me wrong, they deserve personal lives. I'm not saying that I'm not at all. I just think sometimes there is a time and a place. Alfie, I don't know about you, mate, you know, Brian all have discussed there, but what about Takarangi? He is the big name, probably big name signing. We fought off a few people from last season. Where do you see him? Because I think he's dead on. He needs to be centre. You went to that Uddersfield game. We'll move on to that now. I wasn't there. I was in Liverpool. It was the first game I've missed in a long, long time. I've seen the highlights, that right-hand side. It was um, it wasn't the best, mate, was it? I think Takarangi just needs to cement a place at the minute, doesn't he? Yeah, I, think, I don't think Arfax is natural position he's only I think he only played like six games yeah yeah but I think at centre last game he looked a bit looked like he was playing with an injury he didn't look his normal self he didn't like because normally he's real elusive and he's like puts a step on and like gets an offload away but 
he didn't look himself at Huddersfield. There were none of the team did really. I thought the one who stood out, the one who stood out for me at Huddersfield was probably Muzzy Mustafa. He looked real energetic and like he just looked like a forward who was really willing to get stuck in. He got cut off as well, didn't he? Because of his injury, he got his cut time shot. And I think that's the thing with Mustafa. You know what you're going to get with him. He's going to run hard. He's going to tackle hard. A bit like James Donaldson. Not very skillful, but he'll do all the hard graft for you. Ben, we'll move on to Huddersfield now, mate. We, you know, we tried to move away from Wakefield. We put that one to bed. That was a massive opportunity. Wakefield and Huddersfield have got nothing to play play for. They're not going to get relegated. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've had a bit of a miss and match, haven't they, Ian Watson side this year? They've lost to some very poor teams, but they've also beat some of the top four teams, so you know what you're going to get with them. People like Will Price, Ollie Russell, Sam Wood, who's coming to Rovers next year, seem to have a field there. I don't know if you was there or watched the highlights, buddy, but again, two points lost, and in the space of four days, you've pl- you've played people four or five places below you and come up second best twice. It's, it, it looked a tough day at the office, but one that was easily avoidable, and again, Rovers just didn't turn up, and you can't not at this stage. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Huddersfield like, at the minute, they've got a, a lot of young kids playing, like, like mm. you mentioned, Will Price. So the pressure's off them. Like I said, they can't go down. If they can't get in the playoffs, then it's just, you know, play for your spot next year. And obviously, Rovers are going there with a bit of pressure on. It will go to it. And then obviously, they've scored first, started off perfect. And then it just seems like they've just conceded one and lost their heads. And then that little error's creeping. And you're just giving them piggybacks up the field and stuff. But I don't know. It sounded a bit like they got bullied a bit in the middle where they were just rolling down the pitch and we were just trying to stop them, slow them down, and they were just getting over whenever they wanted. But it does show. I mean, they drove a score seven tries, was it? I mean, if you, 28 points, mate, you don't expect to lose. No, exactly. And I mean, when you look at it, they scored 40 points. You'd think you'd been stuffed, but, you know, we only lost by 12. And how many kicks were missed? And kicks can go either way, you know, you're not going to ping them all, but it just shows the one too much in between it. When if we'd have kicked the goals in hindsight, you know, we'd have come a lot, well, I think we'd have leveled the score one way. Did they miss was it four goals they missed? I don't know. But yeah, just a bit of a tricky one, really, with the others field. They've, they've got nothing to play for, you know, they're just playing for the spots next year, really. And they've come up against Rovers and sound like they've just got in the faces and got their heads down, really. Your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I think, I mean, when, when you look at the lineup, you know, the starting lineup for that game, Crooks full back, Minikin, obviously Tacker in, in the centre where everybody's been calling for him to play, SKD playing, Ryan Hall, then you've got Milnes and Lewis at half back, you've got Vete starting with Litton uh, at uh, Hooker with King, and then second row, Lynette and Johnson. You know, that. That looks to to me a, a, a team that's more than capable of going to Huddersfield and getting a victory, especially an Huddersfield side, side that had lost the last three games. I know they had a, a stronger squad out, um, and and you know maybe the pressure's off for them a little bit because they've got nothing to play for. Um, so you know we've seen how sides can suddenly respond to that, and and you think well if you play like that at the start of the season you might not be where you are now. But but I thought that that team was more than capable of getting a result, and the fact we went on to score twenty eight points says to me. We want that far away. Is it easy? Is it as simple as saying, well, if Crooks gets his kicks, we, we, you know, we win the game, or we do better than what we did? I don't know. I think there's definitely some in Crooks's kicking game that, that for whatever reason, he's not confident enough, or he's not able to kick. I mean, he's kicking with a 58% success rate at the moment. I mean, to be fair, Jordan Abdul only had 68%, so that's not great in itself, is it? And I think that's been a feature of our season 
so far is that our kicking hasn't been hasn't been amazing. And and for me, I don't know why we don't put more emphasis on it because them two points are absolutely crucial, and we've seen it in the Uddersfield game. But there's no there's no excuse in that right side defence, is there? And and you know you could probably listen to our podcast at the start of the season, Joe. We were talking about it then. You know, halfway through the season, we were talking about our right edge defence, and and it's just never been sorted, has it? And I think it's no it's no um, secret, is it? The you know SKD Ryan Hall Kinlan on that left edge has been settled. It's been almost ever present. That's been our strongest edge. That right edge has just changed and changed and changed. It's never been settled. Even towards the end of the season, now we've removed Crooks, put him at full back. So I think you know we've got to smarten up at right edge. But again, we're going to go into this league game probably with more changes on the right hand side, which. You know, Joe, you played, mate. If you keep constantly chopping and changing, you know, partnerships such as centre and winger, you're always going to probably be on the end of a bad result more than you are a successful one. 100%. And I feel like that's the biggest issue at the minute, isn't it? Like you said then, mate, if we said it the first, but this is what, our 35th podcast on the Red Robin podcast, by the yeah. way. So if we if you did our first one, you listen to our first one, you listen to the 10th, the 15th, and now the 35th, we're still speaking about this right-hand side defence. But you look at Rovers' defence, and the most frustrating thing is we've nilled Leeds in the second half, we've nilled Wigan in twice in both halves, uh, um, in certain halves away and at home. So this team can do it. This team can defend. It's just that chopping and changing. And like we mentioned last year, when Sean Kennedy was getting stick, he had so many different partners, Chris. That was what was probably the biggest issue. Whereas now, I feel like already looking at next season, you're going to have Lachlan Coote at fullback. You've got Sam Wood coming in who can play centre wing. You're going to have Takarangi who might be in the second row, might be in the centre. We don't know what's happening with Minikin and Crooks. But for me at the minute, Crooks is a massive, massive issue and I don't like to call the bloke out, but I want Rovers to do the best and at the minute I think we're not the best with him at fullback. I feel like he's he's, a, he's doing a bit like what Greg Eden used to do, he's making a mistake and then looking to the sky like what's happened, like he's not his head's not in the game and we've seen what magic he can do, let's look at his try against Huddersfield after eight seconds, he's always on the ball, he's scored some cracking tries for us, fullback is not his position. I'm just hoping he can redeem himself. I'd love to see Will Dagger back somewhere because at the minute, I feel he's causing us problems in defence when they make a break. He's very, you know, he's not the best defender at the second line and wave of attack. In attack, he has his moments, but he's still not up to scratch. His catching's not the best. His communication, you saw what happened at Uddersfield, two tries at least when him and Minikin could have called and they'd have prevented tries. And his goal kicking. The good news is we've probably got the second, first, whatever you want to call it, one of the best goal kickers in Super League joining us next year. And 100% Lachlan Coote will be Rovers' is kicking next year, mate. But that's next year. This is, we've still got three games. We need to fight for the players. We might have more games. And I just feel like that and some other factors are just coming in and implicating us at the minute, Chris, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. And, and I think the thing with Crooks is, it's not through a lack of effort. It's not through no, lack it's of not. endeavour. It's just some of his decision making is is questionable, and unfortunately, when he makes a mistake, the opposition capitalise on it, and it leads to points. and And it's really hurting us at the moment. Alfie, Crooks and Minikin, obviously out of contract. Your Tony Smith. What do you do with them next season? Well, personally, I feel like Crooks is a good player. I think like because he's been played out of position. I feel like we aren't. On the wing last year, he scored, uh, I think, 2020. I think he scored four tries against Wakefield. 
he's good in he's good in attack, but defence for me is he looks. I'm not personally. I wouldn't give Crooks a contract, but Minikin, I'm not too sure on because obviously you got Sam Wood coming in next year. Sam Wood like ripped us apart on that left edge, um, but I think I'd give Minikin a contract, and I wouldn't give Crooks a contract. Yeah, it's a tough one. What about you, Ben? I mean, what, what, if if Crooks and Minikin were released, would you fill it with? I mean, we've got Ethan Ryan. You got Takarangi who can play centre, or would we uh, be looking to go and, and and make another acquisition to maybe fill in in them positions? Myself, I probably would let them both go uh, purely because, like you say, you got Takarangi who can go to centre. You got Ethan Ryan. You got Wood coming in. Uh, Will Tate, obviously, you know, he had a cameo last year. He didn't look too bad. He's been out at Rochdale. And then, obviously, if Will Dagger, I'd imagine Dagger will move because he's at an age where he needs to be playing. He's got no chance of getting in front of Cole. And obviously, we've got the lad from Keighley. But if it came to last chance, last minute, you know, if you could get one of them on like a bit of a cheaper deal, manage the cap a bit better, probably go with Minikin over Crooks just purely because of how he is at centre. Uh, Crooks, he's one of them for me, Crooks. He's a bit like what Craig Hall was like, you know, he's rocking diamonds, he can do something brilliant in attack, but then it can cost you four points at the other end for me. Um, and I just, I think he's one of them confidence players as well, you know, if he drops one ball, if, you know, the next set, if he drops another one, that's him gone for the game, really. And, it, you know, you can sometimes see it does have an effect on him and teams target that, don't they? You know, when, as soon as you knock one ball on, they've got you for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not wrong, Ben. What about you, Joe? I think what I want and what Tony Smith wants and what I think will happen is totally different things. In my opinion, I think if you're looking at the bigger picture, I'd love to see the back line next year of Coote, Wood and Ryan on one side, obviously from Ryan and Sam Wood on one side and Kenny Dowell and Ryan all on the other. I think them two, Ethan and Sam Wood, they can work together. I know Wood's only got a year deal, but I'd like to see him stay at the Robins for longer if he can kick on. I think he's a utility player. I'd love to see them two. They're only, what, 23, 22, both of them. So you've got a lot of rugby compared to what the other side of the pitch will be. Kenny Dowell and Ryan all will be 34 and 35. So they'll learn off them. They'll have that experience. I'd like to see Minikin stay as a squad player. And I, I don't, sometimes I think Crooks, I like exactly what Ben just said, Rock and Diamonds, like career goal. What I think could happen, I think Greg will go personally. I think there's been, I think he'll go back to Cass. And I can see Ben Crooks maybe on a year, a year or two, just as a squad player. But does he want to be a squad player? That's the thing, because he uh, he can't be on mega books. I can't see him getting in front. I'd like to see Takarangi maybe back row next year as well, mate. That's what would about that's for another day. That's why I've gone with Wood and Rye, and that's why I didn't mention Taka. But it's t- yeah, it's hard in it because you know Jimmy Carnos is going to go. Alfie's just mentioned the young lads who are coming through. We've got PLT. We've got Connor Barley who's coming up from the Youth Academy. There was another lad, one day I'll get his name before we finish the show, who's just signed. I think he's a um, an outside back as well, will take. So you have got people out there, Chris. It's just who goes and who stays at the minute because I think we've only got about five left, haven't we, off the cap for this year. You look at Will Maher, all people like them, I think they're going to be out the door. I'd like to see Rovers get a few more fresh faces, mate. Just just build around these youth players now because I think we've got two really exciting outside backs in Ethan Ryan and Sam Wood next year who's going to be working with three of the most experienced and decorated players in the modern era of rugby league, Lachlan Coop, 
played with Jonathan Thurston, won the NRL a few years back, played with Kane Lynette at the Cowboys. You've got Sean Kenny Dowler. When I was growing up, just because of who he was, that was him, him and Thurston and Billy Slater and Greg English there were the guys who you wanted and you looked up to. And Ryan, all the best English winger of all time, the you know the best try scorer of English rugby and international level. So these young lads, along with the likes of Will Tate, Connor Barley, they're in good hands next year, mate. And I'm hoping that we can move on and we can cement a right-hand side partnership with either Rowan Milnes, Mikey Lewis, whatever it may be, Louis Johnson, because you've got young lads there. You've got them. They're not even in the 30s, none of them. So we've got plenty of time, plenty of experience on the other side, mate. And that's what I hope happens, Chris. What do you think before we move on to Lee? Yeah, just really quickly, mate. I just think it's, it's can we hang our hat on Ethan Ryan next season? Fulfill, you know, playing a full season. We've already seen it this season, haven't we, with his wrist injuries. You know, really, you know, bad bit of looking at after playing so well against Wigan and then to get to get his other wrist injured. Um, is it's a bit of a concern for me whether you, you'll get a full season out of him, which which means then you've got to look at replacements. And I can see a scenario maybe where we we keep all the crooks or Minikin, and and but we go with Ryan as the first choice and we, we've got cover there. Um, I suppose the other question is when does Will Tate get his chance? Because he's he's knocking on the door. Obviously, he got recalled from his loan spell to to add cover to the first team. He's he's not yet featured for us. Um, but you know, Rovers are lord in their academy and and saying how important it is to the club and how how important it is to get these young players into the first team. Well, at what point do they get a game? Um, so there's there's lots of questions around it, isn't there? And and for me. I think it was Ben who said want it maybe keep keep Minikin and let Crooks go. Uh, but then I can see some out. Crooks is doing really well off the field. I think he's involved in cryptocurrency, etc. etc. So actually he might be looking to go part time. It might suit him to go to someone like a Featherstone or a York or so he can keep his off field, you know, business going and concentrate on that a bit more. I think it's going to be really interesting uh during this winter, um, because we've already done a lot of early business, haven't we? And I think they've done that on purpose. So I'm not expecting that much transfer activity during winter, but I still think there's an opportunity for us to move a few and maybe bring a couple more in. Yeah, so do I, mate. And I think as time goes on, as the season finishes, it's you were going to see who's going to be staying, who's going to be going. And, you know, there's obviously all the rumours in there, but it has gone quiet these past few weeks. Before we move on to Lee, mate, I will just mention about the young lad who I mentioned earlier. I said he was an outside back. I do apologise. He's not as an hooker. Didn't know much about this kid, but I've just read up men's hooker. Okay, I'm excited to announce the signing of Sonny Cooper to a professional contract from September the 1st. The Hullborn Cooper will return to the city after previously featuring for Huddersfield Giants this year. Jason Everton said he's an elusive hooker with the ability to play in the halves. I've watched him the past few years, and when the City of Hull Academy split up, he was a player I wanted to keep. Unfortunately, he signed for Huddersfield, but now I didn't hesitate to bring him over back to his Hull Kingston Rovers. I think he's got a big future in the game, so that's good news. Sonny Cooper has signed for the Robins from Huddersfield Giants next year. That's definitely a one to watch. And lads, before we move on to Lee, last one, someone who we know won't be staying at Hull Kingston Rovers is Joe Keyes. He will be moving to the Halifax Panthers. That's where he's from. Well, Alfie, first, mate, before I move on to Ben, it's a difficult one, Joe Keys, because I don't think he's up to the calibre of Abdul and what Milnes can be or Mikey. I'm not. I don't think 
he's he's going to be a massive miss. But he's he certainly deserves his chance. He's been at Bradford this year on loan. I think he scored an hat trick after 20 minutes on his debut against Oldham or Rochdale. It was definitely a Manchester team. I feel like at the minute, Alf, why isn't Joe Keyes even getting a sniff? Because you've been putting people at half back like Takarangi and then Matt Parcells played there. Jez has played there a few times the past few weeks, coming on and off the bench and moving as a number six or seven. Joe Keyes is moving on, mate. It's just a shame. We haven't seen anything of him because we can't. I'm judging him on what I've seen his past five, six years. I don't know much about him as a Rovers player. He's only featured four times. We know he's going to move on, mate, but it's just a shame. He hasn't played, has he? It's, it's a tough one, Alf. No, I think I think he deserves a chance, mate. I think I swear he kicked I think he kicked seven I think he kicked seven from seven goals at Bradford when he scored a goal kicker. We need it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And obviously we're not performing with a goal kicking at the minute. So why not give him a chance, him and him and Mikey or him and Rowan in the halves and put Tacker back at centre. Ben, what do you think, pal? Joe Key's leaving for Halifax Panthers. Just a shame he hasn't kicked on in red and white. Yeah, it is really. I mean, when he first signed, they obviously said about Rowan Milne's being one to look out for. Starting was I think he got compared to Paul Gallen. But they said about Keyes, he was there and now, you know, he could break into the team. But obviously, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes if he's linking up well with the other halves in training. And, you know, it's a different level in it. So, play to, you know, your championship, it, you know, he might just be more suited there. It, I think it's expected that he was going to move on. Like I say, he's clearly fell down the pecking order. Obviously, Mikey Lewis looks as though every game he plays, the next game he plays looks miles better age. The experience is working for him and same with Milnes and Abdul he just all seems to be getting better so it might have just been a case that he's not got a chance of playing through Smith's you know vision for the next year or two and you know I've good luck to him because he does look as though he can play at that level it's just a shame he had a good run in Super League Chris, what's your thoughts, pal? Obviously, Joe Keys. We've spoke about him previously when it's just been myself and you. And it's again with like Alfie mentioned, he's a goal kicker. He's been playing for Bradford. He's fit and raring to go. He's just been Rovers Waterboy this year. It's tough but expected. Yeah, I think I think it probably the fact this news has been leaked that he's looking at you know signing for Halifax probably tells you where he is in Tony Smith's plans and thoughts and you know the. Against Huddersfield, we'll end up Milnes, Lewis, Wakefield, Tacker, Lewis. Against the Bindippers, Tacker and Milnes, and then Wigan, Tacker and Milnes again. So you know, obviously the cry, the the cry was to get Tacker into the centres and put Keys potentially in there, maybe to link up with Milnes. But I just think if he's got no future at the club, um, obviously Tony Smith, he's looking at him in training. He can't be doing enough to convince him to put him into the first team. Hence why he's he's you know departing. So. I'm not one of them who was massively calling for him to get a place in the team. I think we need to persevere with playing Lewis, get him as much game time as possible. I'd still probably favour Tacker over Joe Keyes playing there, but I still don't like that partnership of Tacker and Lewis. I think it's got to be with Milnes. Uh, you know, he's a player who's a little bit like Nick Ross form, you know, in the squad, around the camp, but has he done enough in training and when he's been out on loan to, to convince Tony Smith to that he, he should be a first-team player? Probably not. No, so obviously, guys, let us know on our um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, what your thoughts is of Joe Keyes leaving the Robins at the end of the season. And I'm sure in the next few weeks, guys, we'll have more clarification on the likes of Will Marr, Jimmy Carnos, Ben Crooks and Greg Minikin. 
Those are the lads who we still don't know if they'll be in red and white or going on to pastures new in 2022. Final talking point, boys, before we go on to our tipping league. Obviously, it's magic weekend. We head north. We go to St. James's Park. Newcastle It's back after COVID. It's great to have the event again. I'm not going personally myself. I know a few of you are lads, but um, how big is this game now? Gone from the past two weeks. In my head, I was like... I was. I thought we was always going to beat Wakey, lose to Huddersfield, and beat Lee. That was my. That was my thought process. And obviously, you know what happens when I think Chris and Alfie does, especially. But <laughs> it's 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 win or bust, isn't it, Chris? Before you ask that, mate, how big Sunday now? Because they're up for it. They're they're not as bad as people think. You know, I know they've had the hammering and they've got hammered against Catalan. They, they, they don't deserve to be in the league for all different reasons, but. They have got signings that can cause upsets. They beat Salford, the runners close. They're getting a little bit closer and then they have a bit of an hammer in and then they get closer and then they get hammered again. This lead team, probably at the minute, we don't know if they're going to be relegated. It looks like they might be with the playoff system in the championship being confirmed that it's going to be um, to lose. So at this minute, this is Lee's last chance to play at a Magic Weekend. This is a big stage. Some of them are playing at a Premier League stadium. They're going to be up for it. It's the final game of the six before we speak about the tipping league and who we think is going to win in Newcastle. But Sunday, mate, Chris, I think if it's if the Robins lose and Lee pick up the second points of the season, the second victory, that's the season over. But we can't let it happen, mate, because we've got, as Paul Cook did an article today in the Daily Mail, to win our bus, Rovers have got to just get back to winning. It doesn't matter how we win on Sunday. We've just got to get them two points because confidence isn't the highest at the moment in the camp. No, and, and you know, the last three games have pretty much been must-win, haven't they? So, but this really is must-win because if we've got any, any hope of finishing the playoff spot, Although Tony Smith seems to be sort of downplaying it a bit and almost saying this this squad this team's not ready to finish in the playoffs. But if if we if we are to finish in there, we've definitely got to beat Lee on Sunday. Um, I'm glad that Lee have got their got, got their first win of the season. I think it just takes a bit of pressure off, and they've got you know potentially a you know a few players missing: Blake Wallace, Lewis Tierney, Ben Reynolds, Mike Mark Ione, Ian Thornley. You know they're all potentially missing, and um, coming off the back of a big. A big defeat against the Catalan Dragons. Um, I think for me, it's more about what Rover side lines up. And at the moment, you've got Abdul, Sims, Lawler, Taka, who are all doubtful. Um Shella, Hadley, Quinlan, Dagger, Ryan, Mustafa are all definitely out. So this Rover side, that sets of the field on Sunday evening, is, is going to be patched up. Not to mention the players who are probably already playing with an injury, such as Sean Kenny Dowell. So I think it's more about not what Lee do, but it's more about how we line up uh, in that moment. Um, obviously, squad news will come tomorrow, but that's that just puts a bit of fear into my mind about how we're going to line up. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Alfie, are you going pal off? So if not, you know, what do you think about Sunday's game? Chris has mentioned all them injuries and that's always been Rovers' problem. We kind of got away with it at the beginning of the year. I remember me and Chris did a podcast a few weeks back and was like, we're in a good position. We haven't got many injuries. Other teams are struggling. Now, I can't name the 17. It's going to be a tough game Sunday, mate. I think people are underestimating what Lee can do and I feel like the way Rovers have been playing, games can easily get away from you. Look at Uddersfield, that game on Monday, they scored, what, three tries in about 10 minutes? Teams can do that against any team in Super League, mate, and I feel like Sunday is win or bust. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to the uh, Magic Weekend, yeah, but I think we must, we must if we want to get into the playoffs, we must win this game, and yeah, I don't know what the squad's going to be, but injuries don't help, but I just don't we pick up the two points in Newcastle. 
got to Ben. I think their their play down the middle, don't they? You look at Adam Stidlow. Chris mentioned Mark Ione. We don't know if he's going to be playing, but they like to go down the middle, don't they? And I feel like the Robins pack it is depleted. I'm hoping Corbin Sims come back because these lads, they've got they've only got a few games left. They've got to put their hands up. It was only a few weeks ago at the league game. They was getting interviewed saying the grand finals, the goal, and now it's scrape until the end of the season and we're just trying to put a squad out it's our rugby league can change in a few weeks mate but we've got to go positive we've got to go as the team who's hammered Wigan twice this year who's run Leeds who beat Leeds at our place quite easily who's run the, um, the league leaders Catalans close three times we need to put a bit of respect on our name because when we can play we can play but when we let teams run over us and when we bend over we are easily beaten mate what's your thoughts on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get, Willie. They're an aggressive team. They always have been. They'll just come down the middle and try and disturb us. If we can first 15, 20 minutes, just weather that storm from them, they'll start getting a bit, you know, discipline will go from You see it all the time. They give away cheap penalties and you can end up blowing them away. But we've just got to focus on ourselves, really. You know, if man for man, you know, we should beat them comfortably. But, you know, like you say, they've got nothing. They've got no pressure on them now. If they know the finishing bottom... They can just play, and if they do go down, obviously a lot of them are going to have contracts torn up. So they'll, the way they'll be looking at it, it's perfect stage magic weekend really to put themselves in the shop window. So like I say, we've just got to make sure we turn up, weather that early storm from them. Like I say, if we put some points on them early, we should pull away from them, and it should be alright. But it's easier said than done for us. Yeah, it is indeed, mate. Chris, you're heading up. Obviously, you're going to go have round two with Scotty T after he did you over in West Park a few weeks back. So you just be careful up there, mate. I know I won't be there to look after you, but what's your thoughts on Sunday, mate? You're heading up to the tone. Are you confident? Are you not? You're going to have a good weekend, whatever, mate. It's, it's, I'm, I'm nervous for Sunday because I want Rovers to get to the playoffs. I think the main thing this season is, a lot of people have said it, apart from Saints and Catalan, there's not too many good teams consistently. Anyone can beat anyone. And I feel like Rovers are just blowing the chances. When, I, when Tony Smith said this team's not ready for the playoffs, why? Because there's teams in that playoffs like Leeds and stuff who I think are absolutely nowhere near to the... St- you look at teams 10, 15 years ago when you had like Saints with Melly and Wilkin and Leeds with Sinfield, Borough, Pram, Maguire. Them teams had absolutely run rings past the Leeds teams and stuff of nowadays. And I feel like there's no better chance. The way Rovers are going, it's kind of like, right, yeah, we want to wed there. And then as soon as we've lost a few games, Tony said, oh, this team's not ready. Why? Because it's got some it's got some NRL winners in it. We've, we've got to be ready for the playoffs and we deserve to be there because if we can get there, it's anyone's game in them playoffs, mate. It's that knockout footer you see in the NRL. You've seen it in Super League. You see it in every sport. Not everyone who finishes first ends up winning the main prize. And I feel like Rovers have kind of blown it the past few weeks, mate. I'm hoping we can put it right Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, we lose lose against Lee and we're very much in danger of losing six from six at the end of the season. And, and what's been a promising season sort of ends with a bit of negativity. negativity. And, yeah, I, I understand people saying, well, it's better than last season because we want fighting relegation. Well, you know, I think our aspirations should be bigger than that. And and these players have given us the, the opportunity to dream, haven't they, about finishing the playoffs and, and achieving higher than you know, where we have done for a long time. So it'd be really disappointing if we end the season with a bit of a damp squib. Although, you know, we are playing with patched-ups team, injuries, etc., etc. Um, But no, I'm looking forward to going up to Sunday. I think it's a, a bit of a different Magic weekend. I don't think there'll be big crowds there. We've seen across the board, haven't we? Super League attendances are down. Um, And when you look at some of the games that have been played over the weekend... 
they're not really going to draw punters in, are they, to come and watch it? Um, especially with it not being a, a bank holiday weekend. You know, Rovers are five against Lee on Sunday. For me, is an absolutely dreadful kickoff time, although it does leave a few more hours in the in the bar, it, to, to get supping. Although Monday morning when I've got to go to work, I'm sure my head won't be thanking me for them extra few pants um, that we have. But, you know, I, I just think the game against Lee is going to be closer to the game that we played at their place and it is when we hosted them at Craven Park. I think it'll be a really tight game and, and I expect it to be ebbing and flowing and I think, it, it, you know, I hope it doesn't come down to kicking but I think it might end up coming down to our kicks um, and hopefully we, we nail them this time because I think it is going to be a really close game. Yeah, so do I, mate. I just hope the Robins pick up the two points better and I hope it doesn't go down to kicking because if that says an Abbo's not back and it is Crook still kicking, then I don't know what's going to happen. But lads, it's been great to speak to you. Before we finish off, I'll go through the games of Magic Weekend, just see who you think's going to win. So I'll start with Alfie and then I'll go to Ben and then I'll go to Chris. So Alfie, first, the first game of Magic Weekend, Castleford against Salford. I think Cast are on form at the minute. They're in the playoff position, I think Daryl Powell wants to finish on a high. I think the Tigers, mate. What about you? Yeah, I think the Tigers well easily. Yeah, Ben. Uh, like to think Salford, but cast written all over it, really. Yeah, Chris Salford coming off a massive win against the World Champions last week and um, put them in the place, didn't they? And wait, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be two in two in a row for the Manchester team, or does Cast take the points back to Yorkshire? I'm going to go with what I hope more than what I expect, mate. And, and I'm just hoping Cass have an off day and, and yeah. that, um, that victory over the Harlem shit trotters um, has boosted them enough to, to go on and get another victory. So I'm going to go for Salford. Yeah, game of the weekend at 5.15. First against second, it's Saints against Catalan. I think if Catalan win, then they win the league leader shield. I think they've been absolutely fantastic. I think Saints have been great as well. Alfie, I just think because it's in Newcastle, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't really call this one, but I'm going to go Saints just because I think it'll leave the door open for the last two weeks of the league leadership. But you can't underestimate how good Sam Tompkins and Catalan are. But I think St. Ellen's just win, just Alfie. Yeah, I think Catalan's. I think Catalan's hammering me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Put a bit of a statement out there, Ben. What do you think, Catalan or Saints? I think it'll be Saints. I think they'll be training this week with like a grand final mentality mm. to try and maybe psychologically get one of them is to come up against them at Old Trafford. But I'd go with Saints for this weekend. Chris, League Leader Shield going back to France. Do you know what? I think they've definitely been the most entertaining team this season. Um, yeah, and if you know, like I said, if Tonkins is on form, you've got Maloney retiring. I think I think they've been building to this for a number of years now, and I think this might be the the game where they finally do get the league leaders. So I think, yeah, I'm going to go Catalan. Yeah, Maloney's not going to Lesignon, isn't he, mate, in the French league, which is yeah, great. Yeah, part-time. Yeah, great for that, mate. Um, NRL winner and Australian international. Final game on the Saturday is Leeds against Hull FC. This is a tough one, lads, because obviously as it stands at the moment, Leeds are in fifth. Catalan are in sixth, Hull are in seventh and Rovers are in eighth. Obviously, we're just a little bit behind on the percentage. A win will take us above these teams. It's tough because 
obviously we we want all we don't want them to make the playoffs, but at the minute Leeds win and that could be fifth place done and dusted. I do think Leeds will win though, mate. I think Alfie, I think Hull's gone now. I think we need to win on Sunday. Forget about what happens at the rest of the games. Rovers need to win. But I think Leeds are coming. It's in a bit of form. They had a great win at Wigan the other week. They lost to Wakey last week. They'll be out for revenge. I think Hull FC have stopped playing. I think they've won the cup final against us. And I feel Leeds are going to put the two points over them. Yeah, I think um, Leeds are in a bit of a form at the minute. So, can't go with them bin dippers. So, Leeds mm. to win for me. Ben, Leeds or black and whites? Uh, unfortunately, I do think I'll nick it. And I mm. think it'll be maybe a point or two in it. I just think all we've got this thing about when the chips are down from the somehow, like the game against Catalans over the week, everyone was expecting cricket scores, but they made it respectable. And I don't know, something about them, I just, I just fancy them this weekend, unfortunately. Chris, you'll be there with all your mates, all the old fans, what are you celebrating this weekend? Who's winning, Leeds or all? Obviously, all the talk will be about Jake Connor, won't it? It'll all be about Jake Connor. And, but I think most of them are down tools now, mate. I think all are done for this season. Yeah, and, nah, and I do. I think Leeds, Leeds have, you know, they've firmly got the playoffs in their sights. So I, I can only see Leeds coming away with a win. And then we move on to the Sunday, guys. The first game, Huddersfield against Waker. I can't imagine there'd be plenty in the stands at that point, one o'clock kickoff. I'm going to say Wakefield, Willie Poaching, three from three, isn't he, at the moment? Obviously, wins over Rovers, wins over Warrington, and then last week against Leeds. I think Wakefield wanted Chesley out. They finally got it, Alfie, and now they're starting to play under Willie Poaching, who couldn't make Rovers defend for Toffee, and now they're a really good defensive unit. Of course they are. I think Trinity beat the Giants. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, Trinity hit a bit of form at the minute, and I think, yeah, Trinity to win. Yeah, they've got some good strike players, mate, and the Tom Johnson, stuff like that, Ben. I think they beat their York, West Yorkshire rivals this Sunday. Yeah, back Wakefield. I mean, they seem to have Miller and um, Lana Lena, how you pronounce his name, seem to have clicked a bit, and obviously with Hampshire. Um, the look as though he's got a breath of fresh air since Chester's gone, so I back Wakefield with that. Chris, who wins the West Yorkshire derby? Yeah, I don't think I'll be rushing to St James's Park early to watch this one. Although I do think it'll be, it could potentially be the most entertaining game of the weekend, just because you've got two teams who have got nothing to play for other than pride. So um, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know, it's either or for me for this one. I'm going to stick my neck out and say Huddersfield. Perfect. And then at five, um, three fifteen, sorry guys, it's the Warriors against the Wolves. Wigan, Adrian Lamb's leaving at the end of the year. They're in dire straits, even though they sit fourth. They are very, very poor at the minute. The cat string passes together. The cat string moves. I'm going to say George Williams' masterclass against his former team. Rub salt into the wounds, Alfie. I think Warrington are going to leave Newcastle two points over their rivals. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon it'll be close though. I reckon Warrington just nudge it. Yeah, good call, good call, Ben. What do you think? I think Wigan, and I think they might win by a bit more than what people would expect. Just they've got a knack of coming good at the right time. We're going to have, you know, they haven't been doing too good lately, but you know, if, as long as you're playing well in September, you're normally there or thereabouts, and they always seem to be. So I'll go with Wigan. Yeah, that's the thing in it, Chris, with teams like them and Leeds. It don't matter who's playing. If you're putting that jersey on that badge, you know it means business when you get to the back end of the season. What do you think, Paul? Will you be watching this game, Wigan Warrington? Yeah, probably be uh, stumbling in by then. So probably echo what Ben says. I think they've just got a knack of getting it when they need to, haven't they? And yeah, I think a Wigan uh, victory for me. 
Finally, guys, obviously, I think we all know where we're going to vote for you, but give us a score prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be tight. I think Rovers are going to pick up the two points. I'm going to say 32 points to 20 to the Robins, Alfie. What about you? I'm going to say 26-20 to Rovers. No, don't do that. My heart won't be able to cope with that sat at home. Ben, what about you, pal? What's your score prediction? I've gone 44-20 to Rovers. That's more like it. Chris, putting a little bet on while you're there. What do you think? The Centurions against the Robins finishing Magic Weekend. They're the entertainers, as we've been called. Pick up the two points. 38-34 to Rovers. Even bloody hell, what are you gonna do? What you'll be? Uh, look, I can't wait to see the foot, the um, video of you crying. Honestly, mate, I think I think that this game's just gonna go both ways. I think it's just gonna ever yeah. float on, and it'll be it'll come down to the last ten minutes. Yeah. So, guys, that is all we've got for time for this week on the episode of the Red Robin Podcast. Thank you to Alfie Such and Ben Pearson, and of course myself, Jarfiad, and Chris Johnson. We really appreciate it. For you lads going to Magic Weekend, have a great time, boys, and everyone who's going, support the Red and Whites, have a good time in Newcastle if it's for the weekend or just Sunday. Be loud and proud because Magic Weekend's back. The Robins need the two points to keep their season alive and we play at 5.30 on Sky Sports Arena against possibly relegated Lee Centurions. So me, Joffrey, I had Chris Johnson, Ben Pearson and Alfie Such. This has been the Red Robin Podcast Fans Forum. Thanks, guys. All the best. Cheers for coming on. Cheers, lads.